The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Fine. Hey, welcome back. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm your uh, host here for Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that looks at businesses, ups, downs, trends, opportunities, you name it. And I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Lauren Murfield, looking casual as ever, Doc. No, not casual. Our guest today knows exactly why I'm wearing this, because it's not casual, it's work. It's a lot of work to run a marathon. And this guy, he's on, oh man, he's on steroids. He's going to run so many. We got such a fantastic show for you today. Pat, I am confident that by the time you're done talking to Aaron Burris, you're going to want to sign up for a marathon. Uh, it, it's going to be that good. Now, I mean, this guy is inspirational. I know what he did as my uh, nine-mile pacer uh, back in running a 15K. But, you know, it's one of those, you're around these people and you go, holy crap, what just happened? It, you when, know, I was excited, Doc, when I read your uh, blog post and you, and you talked about how you met him. He was holding up the 13 donuts sign. Yeah, I think that might have been a previous wife of his. Okay. Maybe 13 donuts. Oh, I, I figured Baker's dozen, you know. Uh, you know, that got my attention. You know, the cop in me, you know, you see, you throw a donut out there and. Hey, you know, he hangs out quite a few days with cops. So, uh, you know, I'm sure, sure he's seen him eat a donut or two. But, you know, Pat, I just got inside information on why you retired from the police force was that they switched from eating donuts to bagels. Yeah, that's not the same. They may have a hole in them, but that's not the same as a donut. Not even close. Well, anyway, we have got uh, something great going on. You know, I threw a softball to you, Pat. You didn't pick up on it when I said, holy crap. Should I do it again? Sure, give it a try. <laughs> when I met Aaron, I said, holy crap. Wow. <laughs> That reminds me of this podcast that is blowing up everywhere you listen to podcasts. It is called, Aaron, get this, it is called Holy Crap, How'd They Do That? And it's a podcast that looks at disruptive thinking. And uh, a new episode drops every Friday. We just finished recording a whole bunch of them. They're in production. But uh, every Friday at noon, wherever you tune into to uh, podcasts, you can always find it at thinkingdisruptive.com. I think it's over this shoulder right here. Yep, thinkingdisruptive.com. And, uh, uh, or wherever you tune in to podcasts, it's called Holy Crap, How'd They Do That? You know, Pat, two and a half years ago, I ran my first marathon. And, you know, when you get into running and you start wanting to run further, it is a holy crap moment. At least that's what my wife said before she threw the two when I said, would you like to run a marathon? Well, actually, I said, do you want to run a 10K? 
she was open for that. But as we got into the half, eh, which is definitely not a full marathon. Well, Aaron Burris, he's just amazing. Because when COVID interrupted him, he was running the six world major marathons. Got a couple left. Next year, he, I'm going to save this one. He's got another goal for next year that is definitely holy crap. But before we go any further, I just want to introduce a guy that's totally amazed me for doing what I never thought possible, Aaron Burris out of Houston, Texas. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, how you guys doing? Nice to be on. So it, it's like, Aaron, you know, let's let's start beginning. Some people are going to say, you know, with running all these marathons, you know, you must have been born a runner. You must have been running as in high school, but that's not where your running story starts, is it? Actually, no. But before I started, let me make a disclaimer. Cops do not share donuts along the marathon course. <laughs> I've asked them several times. <laughs> They'll have boxes on top of their car, and they just don't share the donuts. <laughs> you know, they like, you run, we eat. <laughs> so I want to get that out of the way because now I can, now I can talk without the anger because I wanted a donut. We never share them. <laughs> Don't don't, be, don't um, no, take it personal. We don't share donuts with anybody. <laughs> you know, Aaron, there's, actually, there's somebody on this program today that's actually admitted to parking their cop car across the street from Krispy Kremes, waiting for the light to go on so they're fresh. I won't say who <laughs> it was, but. Well, I grew up in Ohio, so, um, you know, I grew up on Krispy Kreme, so I understand wanting them fresh, piping hot, fresh. And you want your own dozen. Uh, um, but I'll sign. <laughs> to get back to your, your uh, question, no, I did not. I was uh, I played basketball in high school, and I was a quarterback in high school. And so the most I ever wanted to run was the two-mile requirement or the wind sprints that we had to do. Other than that, I wasn't a fan of running. I didn't like running. I despised running. Didn't know why people ran. Thought they were crazy when they ran. Everything. And it wasn't until I was about 38 and it was raining outside. And I told a friend of mine at the church, I said, I think I'm going to go home and run. I said, uh, I haven't ran in the rain since football practice back in high school. Gotta admit, that's a strange thing to say, you know, it's raining outside. I want to do something I did 20 years ago. Maybe yeah, that's uh, it, Pat. It was raining at your house the other day. Maybe you should have, you should have got out and started running. In that rain, you'd have had to run. Because <laughs> you'd have got floated away otherwise. <laughs> so, Aaron, was it, was it something you ate? Was it a movie you watched? Or what was it? First of all, the only reason he know it was over 20 years ago because of this gray right here. If it wasn't for that gray, I looked 20. I just want to make that disclaimer. <laughs> but, you know, I have been, I was almost 400 pounds. Um, I've been praying to God to help me lose weight. My doctor told me I needed to lose 40 pounds or it would lose me. And I remember telling him I didn't have the time to do it. And he said, how much time are you going to have when you're dead? So, <laughs> 
I was like, yeah, you make a good point there. So I, I was praying and it was raining and it was just one of those things that sparked my passion. I remember it was always easier to run in the rain. You could breathe easier. It was cooler. And so I never mind running that two mile loop in the rain. Whereas sure. other people, you know, they, they don't like getting wet, but you know, I'm like, if you're going to sweat, you're going to get wet. So Forrest Gump, once you started running, you didn't stop, right? Actually, no, I did not. <laughs> My uh, first run was that day I did a three mile run. And it probably took me about 50 minutes and, uh, my knees was hurting. I kept running, kept running. So I got with a, uh, a young guy I was discipling in my church. And he was, a, I call him Little Rabbit, but he was a cross-country runner. He went to uh, high school out in uh, Fort Bend County in Texas, Sugarland, Texas. And Kempner High School it was. He was on the cross-country. And he told me, he said, well, how many miles do you think you run every day for six days? And I said, well, he said, one. I was like, I, I can do more than one. He said, two. I said, yeah, probably about two. He said, three. I said, no, two sounds better. And so I would go every day for Monday through Saturday. I would run two miles. And then Sunday I would rest. The next week I would do two more, you know, do another two miles a day. And then that third uh, week, he was like, try to add another mile to it. And so I would do three miles. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. And then I got a little stuck. He said, well, split it up. Do a mile and a half in the morning, a mile and a half in the afternoon. And so I did that. I did that for two weeks. And then he was like, well, try to see if you can just do three miles each week. I mean, each day. And then I did that. And then after that, he was like, do four. And I you know, got the four and I had to split it up some. And then I got to where I could just run four for six days straight. And then after that, it was running, running, running until I was literally running up to my long runs on the weekend. I would go anywhere from 22 to 30 miles. I lived in uh, Southwest Houston. I would run out to my mom's house in Katy, check on my mom and I would run back home. She lived about 16.9 miles away from me. And um, I ran through this park system called Terry Hershey. And uh, they also had Bear Creek and there was another Cullen Park. Um, ran very little on the streets. Didn't have to run that much on the streets. So it was very enjoyable for me. And next thing you know, my friends started telling me, man, you need to run marathons. To be honest with you, I thought only like real athletes ran marathons. I didn't know everyday people could run them. I thought you had to, you know, train and have sponsors and all that stuff. And then um, eventually I hooked up with Brazos Bend or yeah, trail running over Texas. Brazos Bend State Park, they had a, a, a 50 miler and a 100 miler. And so I signed up for the 30K, which is 31.7 uh, miles. And 
he got closer to that time, and I'm like, I'm running 30 miles as it is. I'm like, that's not going to be challenging enough for me. So I ended up doing a 50 miler. And uh, next thing you know, I'm working on the 100 miler. So, how many like days said, do you get to run that 50 miles? Pardon me? How many days do you get to run that 50 miles? Uh, one day. <laughs> Pat, Pat, I think yeah. you're talking about driving it, right? Yeah, I'm not sure my car would make it 50 miles. <laughs> you haven't seen my car. <laughs> yeah, the, the good thing about the trail runs, um, they stagger start you an hour after. You know, the longer runs start early, and then they stagger start you, and then you pretty much have 24 hours to do it, and which it, it, it shouldn't take you 24, but some people may run 25, go take a nap for about eight hours, wake up, and then run another 25. Now we're talking, Pat. I got the nap. I like that, you know. <laughs> so now, I'm no athlete, but I can be an athletic supporter. <laughs> yeah, that's how it starts. You come volunteer, next thing you know, you're running. Now, Aaron, just fast forward. So you started running, and you were tipping almost 400 pounds. What happened with the weight loss over a year and a half? Well, it dropped uh, about a hundred and I think it was like 58 pounds. Um, I lost a hundred within a year and I lost 40 pounds in two months. Wow. That and sure makes running so, easier. So you, it were, does. you were set for we're ready to set the world on fire, getting ready for a particular marathon, and then what happened? Well, uh, tell you a little joke first, and then we'll get into something more serious. <laughs> I went to my doctor, and my knees were killing me. So I went to my doctor. Now, keep in mind, I've, I've always gone to this doctor since I was in sixth grade. And so he knew me like the back of his hand, basically. And so I go in and I talk to him about my knees and how bad they're hurting. This was within the first uh, two months of me running. And he's checking my knees out, you know, and he's like asking me questions. Does this hurt? And I'm in there screaming and stuff. And he says, well, what have you been doing differently? And I told him I started running and he started laughing and he said, Take some ibuprofen and keep doing it. The pain will go away soon. Um, so leading up to your to your question, people was asking, you know, you've been running, you're running. Are you damaging your knees? And I'm like, no, I'm not. They were actually getting stronger. Um, my left knee had no cartilage in it. It would hurt all the time. It hasn't hurt in years. You know, I don't even... The, the, it just hadn't hurt in years. So I'm keep going. I did my 50 miler. I'm signed up for a hundred miler because I know that's going to challenge me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it. I really want to do it under 15 hours, but I knew realistically I was going to hit around 17. So I'm excited. I'm ready to do that. You know, two weeks out, uh, I was at work and, uh, in Texas, you know, it's a, a one of those uh, done right states, you know, right to carry the wild, wild west and everything. 
but uh, end up having a, uh, a shooting incident at the place that I work, and I end up getting shot five times two weeks before my 100-mile run. You notice, notice what he just said, Pat, and the way he said it, he got shot five times, but then he added the last part, before his 100-mile run. Okay. I, it was two like yeah. holy craps right in a row. Yeah. So my question to my, the question to the doctor when I was at the hospital was, will I be able to run in two weeks? <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. You know, I mean, here I am, got shot five times, came literally within uh, one centimeter of a bullet hitting my femoral artery on my, in my left inner thigh. Um, still have bullets in me. And I'm asking, you know, am I still going, am I going to be able to run in two weeks? So were you, were you able to run in two weeks? I mean, by the time that story, by by time you've told us so far, I'm not so sure you're not going to run in two weeks. Well, um, one thing about distance running is you become mentally tough. And so um, I had, I, I mean, feeling pain and stuff, when you get up to the high mileage, you know, either you're going to feel pain while you're running or you're going to feel pain when you come off of it. Um, but you just get used to it. However, in that scenario, the doctor was like, well, you're going to have to go see a, a, a surgeon, a specialist that deals with bullet wounds. And so I ended up um, going to see the surgeon and he tells me that, you know, he can take one of the bullets out, but the other one is fused in my actual glute muscle, my glute gluteus maximus, the, the butt muscle, the booty, the, the, the powerhouse of running. So it's, he said he couldn't cut that open to get the bullet out. Uh, if he did, he said I would be in worse pain and it would cause more damage than just leaving the bullet alone. And so he wanted to schedule to remove the one that he could remove from my right cheek. And I was like, okay, that was, you know, you know, we all know that, you know, healthcare is not decided by doctors anymore. It's decided in boardrooms. So it took him almost, it was going to take him about two months to get my surgery done. However, um, I was really pushing. I was in a lot of pain. I was really pushing. And so I got it, ended up getting it done uh, a month after, about a month after I got shot. And I remember asking the surgeon up until that point, I was like, well, can I run next week? And he was like, you know, it's not going to cause no more damage. You know, he was like, you're just going to be in a lot of pain. As long as you can handle the pain, then you can run. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. I ultimately made the decision not to run uh, because it was the first time being shot. 
you know, and my mom told me that uh, I had this uh, Superman complex that I felt invincible that um, because I was still alive and um, unfortunate, but fortunate for me, uh, I wasn't the first, the first uh, child of my mom to get shot. Um, my older brother, who has died back in uh, the early 90s, in Aleph, Texas, back in the 80s, he was the first uh, drive-by shooting to take place in uh, Aleph, Texas. Hmm. And it was racially motivated back then, um, but he was the first one. So, you know, my mom had been through this before. And so she kept telling me, you know, it, this boomerang effect is going to crash on you one day. But I felt you have this, you know, you feel invincible at, at some point because you've, you've gone through this. Adrenaline is pumping. Your emotions, your brain is doing stuff that you've never experienced before. So I had this high in one sense. But then I had this pain in another sense. So I decided not to run at that particular time for the 100 miler. Um, I would go on to attempt the 100 miler twice, and I wasn't able to complete them. Because um, of so, the body kind of shutting down, right? Yeah. The pain, um, my glute would literally just stop functioning. So it's like you drive in your car and your transmission goes out. You know, it just doesn't drive. And so I had to stop. So, Pat, there's no shame in not quite finishing a 100-mile run, is there? Uh, no, I, I, I think you can get away with that, especially. I think it's in the rule book. I think it's page 27 that if you've been shot uh, more than once, um, that you don't have to finish the race. So <laughs> yeah, somebody need to tell that to Rob going over at trail running over Texas. Cause he was like, man, what are you doing? And you know, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> He's like, you can finish. He said, it's all mental. And how many miles, <laughs> 20 miles had you run by then? Um, I was, uh, actually one of them. I was, uh, a little over a 50 K and I was like, I just was like, if it, this keeps going and I was calculating, I wasn't going to make the cutoff for the uh, final two loops. Um, Rob thought I definitely could make it. And then the other one was in Ohio at the Burning River 100. And that one, I got to uh, the aid station at mile 20. And the lady that was telling you which way to go when you came in. She looked at me, she stopped. She says, you look like hell. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like it. Now and that's a motivation. Thank you, I like compliments. <laughs> yeah, but I, I ended up having a, a anxiety panic attack at that point. And I ended up having to lay down in the sun. The, the vitamin D was helpful, the sun was helpful. But bef by time the, um, the panic attack was, uh, anxiety attack was actually over and I was able to get my medicine. Um, they had, so the Burning River, 
while you're running it, they got to come behind you and pick up the trail markers. So once the trail markers go away, you're on your own. And the lady was like, well, they just came by 20 minutes ago. Um, you should be able to catch up with them. And I'm like, ma'am, I've never ran this system before. And this is not the time for me to start. So I ended up not finishing the Burning River 100, which uh, I will be doing next year. We should just be able to follow the smell of the river. I've been there before. You have? <laughs> I didn't know. You know. But you can come run it, you know, come spot me for the last 50 well, if you like. What I was thinking is let's get in touch with Rob, uh, Doc. We'll make a little road trip out to Texas, and uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring a small gun, and we'll, we'll shoot him with a small gun. <laughs> and and then and then and then we'll stand at the sidelines and say, "Hey, it's just mental. It's mental." <laughs> yeah. Well, I. You know what? If that was anybody else but Rob, I would say yeah. But <laughs> you talk about somebody that has an amazing uh, story about how running has changed their life. Rob is one of those. I mean. I don't know whose story is more amazing, mine or his, you know, um, simply because of it was a life for him that got changed, whereas mine was changed beforehand, and it was an incident that stopped me from, you know, continuing on because, I mean, this thing was going on. My, after 100, I already had my next race planned. I was going to do a 200-mile and then they have the one where you run across Tennessee. And so I, I had I had my years mapped out for me. I was actually really thinking about uh, going pro with the with the ultra distance running because my time was so it was so phenomenal. And, and keep in mind, I had no idea what I was doing. I just loved the, the, the running. I was addicted to the running. I was addicted to the euphoria, the runner's high. I love going out. You know, I'm going to run three, three hours out one way and then three hours back the other way and see how many miles I can get done. That was my whole thing. And it was so enjoyable. So I had no idea. And I was posting my runs and things of that nature. And I had people reaching out to me like, have you ever thought about doing this professionally? And I'm like, no, I just love doing it. Why? It was like, their times are amazing, you know, for being running in a trail. And people knew the trails around Terry Hershey. So they knew that it wasn't just, you know, nice little trails, but that it was very technical. So in the time we got left, we got a couple of things we want to cover. How did you get up to running your, you know, when you went, you got back into running and you're run, um, now you were running your six world marathons and COVID interrupted the last two. How did you get to that level again? I was, um, so I, I was, I, I experienced PTSD. Um, I was diagnosed with a severe uh, case of PTSD and I was spending a lot of time praying. It was something that God just put on my heart that he wanted me to run these six major marathons. And so I got up and I Googled it after, you know, I prayed and stuff and I found out, I was like, oh, okay. So 
I reached out to the London Marathon and got in there as a charity runner, runner which if you're going to run London, you're going to have to do charity or you're going to have to be super fast like Pat. And I, I got in there. Well, the problem, the problem is in, in London, you got to run on the wrong side. Do you have to run backwards or? Yeah, but as well, long as you knew you're running for a donut, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, I'm not sure they have donuts in London. No, they don't have donuts in London. But um, if you're cute, they got a bunch of women that'll pat you on your backside as you run by. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you can see my face or what? Watch out! I see that mood ring coming again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of crazy because I complained to the uh, police there, and they were like. Uh, Basically, what do you want us to do? Uh, and there was a guy here in Texas that uh, smacked a lady on the butt that was a news reporter while he was running by. And, you know, he got banned from marathons and it was all kind of crazy stuff. And I was like, you know, that's a double standard. And I went over to London and ran London and got smacked on the booty so much by women. I complained to the police and they, they absolutely didn't do anything. <laughs> Why do you think yeah. all those guys were running? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, uh, I end up, I end up getting into London, and then so I went to Berlin next, and I end up getting into Berlin for I ran for um, Scope over in London, which is not a mouthwash. It's um, it's a charity for uh, fighting for people's rights with disabilities. Then for Berlin, I ran for Team for Kids, which is actually out of New York, which gets kids to running. And so when I got on for Berlin, the lady was like, do you want to run the rest of the races with us? And I was like, sure. So I posted on my Facebook page, I'm doing all the majors within a year and, you know, this and that. And I didn't have any idea that these things were like, you know, you, you're probably going to hit the lottery before you can get into all six of them within a year. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. <laughs> and so I had a lot of people questioning whether what I was doing was legitimate. And I had people saying that I was just, you know, trying to steal money from people. There's no way you got in all six of these. And so I literally was telling people to, you know, contact, you know, the organizations themselves and ask them, you know. And so it was just crazy. And so I was really looking forward to it. I had did London, Berlin, I did Chicago, did New York, and then getting ready for Tokyo. And here comes COVID. So it gets canceled. Boston gets moved. Then Boston gets canceled. And now we're looking for 2021. And to be honest with you, don't even know if they're going to happen right now. Yeah, it's still too Go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, still too soon to tell with some of this. We're we're not sure whether we're in a second. It depends on who you listen to, whether we're in a second wave yet or the second wave's coming. And uh, uh, But it, it kind of sounds like he's taking a snow day, doesn't it, Pat? Well, 
It's not me. It's the uh, organizers. Like over in Tokyo already, they're canceling races already for the spring because of Corona. And so the uh, Tokyo Marathon organizers haven't said anything about the Tokyo Marathon uh, only because it's supposed to be uh, hosting last year's Olympic Games this year. So if they're not able to do it this year, then the Olympics are looking to move it, which means Tokyo is going to lose a lot of money because they don't make money off of the Tokyo Marathon. But then, so I I was teasing you when I said Snow Day, because that's Pat's middle name, I think. He uses it so much. But uh, so you're sitting back looking at this, but you got another goal for next year, right? When you turn 50? Yes, I turned 50 next year. Be honest with you, I didn't think I was going to live to be 30. (laughs) So 50 is a big deal for me. And I am going to, I've already started registering for races, but I am running 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 weeks. Can you say that again? Because I think that's a lot to comprehend. Yeah, 50, 50, 50. For my 50th birthday celebration, I'm running 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 weeks. On top of that. 50 consecutive weeks? Yes, 50 consecutive weeks. On top of that, if Tokyo and Boston takes place, well, I can use Boston for Massachusetts, but I have to go to Tokyo and then come back and still do another race. in the United States to keep my, my street going. And I'm going to be fundraising uh, funds for St. Jude's. Cool. Pat, I, I'm tired already. How about you? <laughs> I, I can't even come up with a response. I'm, I'm wore out already. Uh, I'm doing the math. Uh, that's a little over a thousand miles just doing it loosely, right? Um, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good publishing four books in four days, but 50 marathons in 50 weeks in 50 different states. Yeah, you, uh, you're sitting at 1,300, a little over 13 to 1,400 miles. Um, I think it's more like 13, maybe 1,340. Um, but you got to add Burning River on that. Well, you got to add three altars as well. Uh, Brazzles Bend, the 50, Brazzles Bend 50, which I'm going to do 100K, which is 62.2 miles. That's in April. So I have to do that as well as a marathon that week. And then uh, in July to August, I'm going to do the Burning River 100 miler. And then in December, I'll do Brazzles Bend 100 miler. How many people people are doing each of those hundred milers? Normally you get a a fairly large crowd with the hundred milers. I know Brazos Benz sells out uh, both the uh, 50 that takes place in April and also December sells out as well. December will have uh, probably about 200 people doing a hundred miler. Because, uh, like, New York Marathon, what do you have, 50,000? What'd you say? 
Don't you have about 50,000 runners in the New York Marathon? Yes. Yeah, so last year, 2019, I ran a New York Marathon for Team for Kids, which is an awesome organization. And they, they're around America. So they had 250,000 kids that they mentored, trained, taught how to run different things, taught public speaking, a lot of different life skills. And I was part, I was part, and it's just been a blessing, but I was proud to take part of the very largest marathon to ever be held in history. And we had a little over uh, 55,000 people. But when you have 200 running the 100 miler, does that, that's not near as close as the uh, New York Marathon, right? No. It's no. Spread out a little uh, more? It's spread out a little more uh, because you're going to have your, uh, so like if you, if, you, if you beat the time on the course, the course record, you get $2,000. If you if you're the first place winner that that year, you get two thousand dollars. So you have probably a handful of people out of that two hundred that's looking to not only run but get a nice little change to put in their pocket, and they give it to you cash right then and there if you win. And um, but the rest of us, you know, it gets spread out, and then you have people that are coming out there. And they're just, you know, their goal is just to finish, you know, which definitely Pat would be in front of that crowd. And um, you and your wife would be behind with the crowd to finish. I know you like pulling up the rear. Yeah, that's my choice, right. <laughs> I, you know, I tried to. I, tried to I like his wife's that. approach. Her, his wife's approach is uh, she's, she's waiting till she's the only person in her age group. <laughs> that way she's guaranteed to get the medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which at the rate she's what? going it won't be long <laughs> and I oh you, you better duck on that one <laughs> the, the older you get the better you are equipped to run 100 miles really yes um it's scientific it's proven there's a 100 mile to take oh we they, they actually have it's a 24-hour event, and the the amount of senior citizens that take place in there, to see a young person out there is, is like, are you sure you at the at the right race, young man? <laughs> you know, because it's it's a huge race and it's a very challenging course. But you have all these older senior citizens and you know, they do such a, a phenomenal job uh, because your endurance level at that time is a lot. You know, Pat, this is good for you to know. As you get older, your endurance level increases. Yeah. On my back that. <laughs> yeah, so. Hey, hey you know, Aaron. I think, it has to, I think it has to do with your memory getting shorter so you just can't remember you're in pain. <laughs> That's <be>. it. <laughs> hey, Aaron, this show is called Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, and you had an opportunity to change your life. Um, had you not taken up running, do you think you'd still be here? Actually, I don't think I would have still been here. 
Um, Cause when I got shot, I was, my back was on the ground. I was laying down with my hands up like this. And a gentleman was standing over me. And I remember thinking to myself, either I'm gonna lay here and die or I can run and try to get away. Um, definitely at about 400 pounds, I mean, there's no way I would have been able to jump to my feet like I did and run. Um, the, the first the first bullet hit me here, took out a chunk of skin, and I was um, on the ground, and he went to shoot here. And it was by God's grace that I moved to jump up to run just before he pulled the trigger because the bullet hit the ground. That would have hit me right here in my chest, um, which it was probably a 22 or 32 caliber, which would have traveled. As I got up and ran, I got hit four more times in the backside. One of the bullets went in my right uh, glute area traveled down and came out my left inner thigh next to my femoral artery. And then I had uh, the one that went into my actual glute. And then I had one that was in the actual tissue. What was so interesting was, is at the beginning when the ambulance was there, they couldn't find bullet wounds. But I kept telling them, I'm like, I know I've been shot. I can feel the metal burning inside of me. I can feel the heat. Um, fortunate for me, I was close enough to the guy to where the just that one bullet traveled, which was probably when I was the furthest point away. That was like probably the fourth bullet that hit me. Um, but because I was so close to him that they said that the, the heat from the bullet cauterized the entry point. So there was very little blood, plus it was raining. So the little blood that was coming out of me was mixed with water and I was wet, laying in a puddle of water. Um, so I was very fortunate in that instance, but no, there's no way I would have I made it. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be here today. Well, and another opportunity you've had is you've really used this to help a lot of people, right? Because you, you're uh, now trained, aren't you? You're a, you're a physical trainer now, right? Getting people to run? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I experienced running and, and its transformation and, and everything else, now I've always encouraged people to run, um, but I've helped people to run. And then after this, I, you know, people would see me out there running and they would see the struggle I was having. They, they see me go down. You know, I went from, a, you know, running a sub 90 minute half in, inside of a trail, a technical trail to, to just barely finishing something. And now I'm going back on the upswing so a lot of people uh, started calling me the running servant, the running servant. And it, I've been called a lot of different names. Um, I'm sure some bad names that I don't know about as well. But 
I've been called the uh, Happy Feet. I've been called Pass. I've been called Park Ranger. You know, I've been called a lot of names that are associated with types of running, coach, things of that nature. But the one that always seemed to come back around and stick out when people tell me is that, you know, they like, you know, you're just a running servant. And so that has stuck with me. And that's, that's the hashtag that I use is is a running servant and that that's your uh, twitter account too right yes so i i've been trying to get certified with the uh road runners coaches of america for the last couple of years and every time i go to get certified something happens so this last time we were supposed to be in portland oregon and COVID happens <laughs> and it's like you know what this is the you know, three years in a row, I'm, I'm trying to get my certification, you know, um, because I'm going, I'm doing what is called transformational coaching or transformational running. I'm just not dealing with people who want to run or train to run or this and that. I want to deal with uh, people who've been through trauma and use running as a tool to help heal them. It has so many benefits. There's so many studies that I've come to uh, know about, you know, with my doctors, I see a psychologist and a psychiatrist, psychologist every week, a psychiatrist I see once a month. Um, so I've, I've come across all kinds of studies on the benefit of running when it comes to trauma, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, different uh, mental diseases, uh, different traumas that people may have been through. And so I want to connect with a, not only with people that are eating with, or excuse me, that are living with dysfunctions like eating disorders, um, things of that nature, but I want to, I want it, I want people to know that running is just not an exercise. It's a life transformation that you can have and it, it will teach you the disciplines that you need to be ready to take advantage of the trends, the, you know, the bends and the opportunities that come in your life. Because, you know, look at the guy below my screen, you know, him and his wife, that was an opportunity. I wasn't even supposed to pace their group, but the lady that was supposed to pace their group, she had an ankle injury and she was like, do you mind if you do the quicker group? I don't think I'm gonna make it. And I was like, no, if you want to switch, we can switch. I don't, I don't mind as long as I can help people. And so as we got started, I had everybody tell their story, why they're here. Tell, your, tell us your story and your glory. Why you're here and tell us something great about yourself. And so we went through everybody while we were running. And, and basically, Pat, that's what I do to keep people busy so they don't think about the run. And, you know, because I know at the end they're going to be thinking about it, whether I'm talking to them or not. So and then we even sang you know, some some of those army type of songs when we were running, and then we did when we, you know, and then we we'd switch to the stories. And man, that that uh, that time went by fast. And uh, what was it? Just yeah. two hours. So just fantastic. But um, Pat, I'm guessing that our time's bought up, isn't it? It is, and I mean, time flies by when we're having such a good time and we're dealing with somebody who who uh, definitely thinks outside the box because uh, 
clearly he could have just packed things in when the doctor said you need to do something and instead he said you know what i'm gonna you know he could have went for a fad diet or he could have you know he could have done all sorts of things instead he said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get to work and uh and then that led him to the next opportunity um which was you know he could have continued to be a victim uh but instead chose to be a survivor it's amazing i'm 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 just this has been awesome i i'm still amazed that what got him running was it started raining i mean that, that you know that that's like uh i was gonna say it's about to rain here and i'm thinking a nap because a nice nap in the rain is really maybe good. a donut maybe a donut first <laughs> no no donuts at the house so <laughs> listen but, pat as long as it's not lightning go for a run well that's what we sleep we've been getting the thunder for the past 20 minutes i don't know how much of it you can hear but um it's that yeah, time of year in florida we get those uh all year, all summer long. I think, so. I think it's been thunder and lightning since what April. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Aaron. Thanks, thanks for your story. We'll definitely have you on again. There, you know, there's so much to keep track of, and and even the training for a hundred. Now that's a whole thing we didn't even have time to talk about. Is how do you train for a um, hundred mile race? You know, like my wife and I. Um, you know, I'm. I'd love to do another marathon. She's, uh, you know, not quite so much. And uh, maybe a quick no on that one. And it's like, yeah, what do you do? Hopefully I can convince her by the time I get to Florida that y'all come out and run mine with me. Well, well, we'll see what we can do on that. But you know, Pat, should we maybe leave them with a challenge before we sign off? Well, it's a big challenge. You're gonna have to stand up to uh, the example Aaron's uh, already set. I tell you, I don't have, the only challenge I have, you know, if you're up for it, you try and keep up with Aaron Burris. You know, you know, you don't have to take a bullet. You don't have to do that. But you look at it, if you're overweight, challenge you to get out and start moving. You know, and if, you, if you're hurting, get out and start moving. You know, challenge yourself with something bigger. I mean, think bigger, reach higher, do what you never thought possible. Wow. Uh, I, I'm feeling pretty good about running one marathon, and then I start running with Aaron, and it's like, wow. You know, I ran that marathon and the half, the 15K with him the December after I ran the full marathon in January. And here he is, he's running 50 marathons in 50 weeks in 50 states. So it's like, but don't think that Unless you can keep to his pace, you don't have to do anything. You're just going to give up. You're just going to sit around. There's a ton of people out there doing 5K races that feel like your first 5K is going to feel like a marathon. But celebrate like it's a marathon. Yes. Because you're out, you're moving, you're doing it. And that, that's the key. You don't have to do it all at once, but you get out and start running. You heard him say he was running two miles at a shot. Two miles. So that's what fantastic. I mean, Aaron, we're definitely going to do your book. We're definitely going to do a movie. Um, if, you know, if Hollywood doesn't get to you first and, uh, you know, more power to you if that's the case. But this has been fantastic. Any, any last words, Aaron? Any last challenge from you? 
Well, I'll say this. Um, if you don't know how to run and if you are a supreme runner, make sure you get with a running coach. Somebody that's going to do more than just give you a schedule, but somebody that knows how to tell you how to run, show you the function of running, the movement of running. Um, because the reason I didn't know, the reason I didn't love running is because I didn't know how to run. Nobody ever showed me. But once you know how, and plus you have goals with it, believe me, you're gonna, it's going to be exciting for you. Start small, like you're eating an elephant, one bite at a time, 15 minutes at a time. And then when you go to 20, go to 20, 25 to 30, 30, and on and on. And if you're going to do a 100-miler, I'll say this, all you need to do is be able to run a marathon. Because the rest of it is just endurance and mental toughness. And I got proof of that because the lady that just won or just set the uh, world record for women, that's all she ever ran was a marathon before she went out to run a 100-miler. Not only did she kill it, but she set the world record. So, wow, wow, this, this is fantastic. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, my, my head's uh, spinning. I might have to get over here on the treadmill after we get off, you know, just keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> and uh, I know Pat, he's coming, he's coming over tomorrow. He's going to probably bring his running shoes. So I think I'll just run here, run from the house. Yeah. Well, you know, it's only, it, it, it's, you know, it's a little over a marathon, no big deal. But <laughs> that's what I would do, Pat. I would be like, oh, that's, I can run that. So just, you know, put your car in the garage and run everywhere. <laughs> With that, Aaron, this has been fantastic. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. We will Thank be you, talking Jim. to you later. Keep it up on it. We'd stay and, all day, uh, but we really got to run. Ah. Uh, anyway. With that, we can't we can't shake hands, but we can say jazzy hands. Thanks a lot. And Salute. join us back here on Thursday for Jennifer Frazier uh, talking about marketing and taking it to a whole other level. With that, take care, people. Take care. Oh. Thanks, Aaron. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.